Hey, welcome to Transform Your Workplace. It's Brandon Laws. This podcast is all about transforming your workplace from the inside out, developing your people, making a great workplace so that you can attract and retain talent. The show is sponsored by Zenium HR. The demands of HR and payroll are endless. That's why Zenium provides a complete solution for both so you can focus on what you do best, which is growing your organization. Learn more about Zenium at zeniumhr.com. So as leaders, we must evolve with the world around us. It's moving too fast. Otherwise, we risk being left behind. So in this episode of Transform Your Workplace, we're going to dive into a discussion about leading well in an ever-changing workplace Hear from Michelle Ray, my guest today. She's an author, speaker, and an entrepreneur about her new book, Leading in Real Time. And you're going to get tips about how to embrace change as you lead your team. Let me know what you think of the episode today. I had a really fun discussion with Michelle. I think you're really going to enjoy this. Reach out to me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, any of those places. I love connecting with listeners. Enjoy today's episode, and I'll talk to you next week. Michelle, thanks for coming on Transform Your Workplace. So glad to talk with you today. It's great to be with you, Brandon. I'm so happy to join you. We're going to talk about your book, Leading in Real Time, How to Drive Success in a Radically Changing World. So let's start with this. You wrote that leaders need to not only expand their thinking around leadership, but they need to lead in real time. What do you mean by leading in real time? Well, leading in real time is really not a mystery. It's about leading in this present moment. It's about being a present moment-based leader who understands the right course of action to take right now. And you open up chapter two with a quote from Ben Franklin, which I love. It says, when you're finishing changing, you're finished. (laughs) (laughs) Unpack that quote for me and, and how you think about that quote when it relates to leadership in this ever-changing environment. Well, it's just so apropos, isn't it, Brandon? Because, I mean, really, you know, we talk about change and disruption, especially the word disruption, like it's something new. And the truth is that we're constantly evolving and we're constantly moving forward and business necessitates change and moving ahead and we can't stay in one place. And we as people also need to continue to grow and evolve because, first of all, our workforce expects that from leaders and we need to have our fingers on the pulse and realise that we can't lead in the same way that we did even two or three years ago, let alone five to 10 years ago. So we always, I believe, need to look at evolving. Yeah. And with just the evolution of a leader, is it is it people that are evolving so fast? Is the, the technological advances like what? Maybe it's a lot of factors, but why are you proposing to the lead in real time and, and to make sure that we're focused on what's going to happen in the future? Well, I think there's two reasons. Number one, I mean, if you look at the biggest factors that have changed the way that we work and the world of business and the world as a whole, you know, people are working differently. They're using technology. They're working remotely like never before. So that's number one. And when you just look at technology in and of itself, 
the companies that were ideally positioned at the beginning of the pandemic, they were already very active online and, you know, had all of their digital platforms set up and were just ahead of the game. So the transition was less daunting to them to deal with their consumers online. What are some of the significant factors impacting the business environment that leaders really need to be paying attention to right now? Well, I think one of the biggest factors really is is the workforce and the demands of the workforce on leaders. And I say that in a very positive way. You know, people have their own voice now. And the proliferation of social media, we've been watching that for some time. But now more than ever, there's no delineation between what people care about in their workplace and outside of their workplace. So if people have a desire to express themselves about any issue, any social cause, they don't have to wait till they're outside of the workplace to say what they think. And I think that's been one piece that leaders have had difficulty coming to terms with. And so they need to be more transparent and acknowledge these feelings, this passion, you know, this idealism and uh, desire to make a difference like never before. I think for a lot of leaders, that's been hard. Uh, You know, on on a positive note, I guess, with the fact that employees are now getting a voice, whether it's social media or they just feel more open to to talk about some of these, these issues that they care about at least leaders could probably stay tuned into what they need, you know? Well, that's true. And, you know, they have to be very mindful that everybody's watching, everybody's listening, and the spotlight is on. And something I often say to my clients or leaders is, you know, you need to acknowledge even if you don't agree because people want to know that they're being heard. And there is a real art and a skill in being able to do that, even as I said, if you don't agree with their position. But even more than that, Brandon, I think what we've seen, especially since George Floyd was murdered, and there's no secret, there's been such a enormous focus on equity, diversity, inclusion. And that's what I mean by people being in the spotlight, our reputations of ourselves and our organisations. So, you know, it's time to be much more introspective and recognise that some of our biases are certainly apparent and checking in with ourselves to see how relevant those are. If you look at leaders who will set themselves up for success in the future, what kind of skills do they need? I think that the most important skill is the ability to connect with Mm. people. And, you know, it's funny how it's referred to as a soft skill. But no matter how high-tech our world continues to become, it'll always be about people. When you ask me about the kind of change that's happening and is it technology, well, it's people that are driving that technology. It doesn't happen by itself. So, you know, if you work on being able to hone those skills to truly connect to be open, to listen, to be able to meet and put people at the top of your priority list, your workforce at the top of your priority list, then I think you're positioning yourself for success. Yeah, I love the way you put that because, I mean, regardless of the environmental changes, the technology changes, it's still at the core, it's about people and and connectedness. I agree with you when you say that leaders just need to figure out a way to connect with their people. And it's the, the changes are driven by people. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love that. You said in the book that there's enormous risk to the future of a company when its leaders are more comfortable building walls instead of bridges. What do you mean by that? 
Well, I mean, there have been so many examples of companies that just have the blinders on. That's what I mean by walls instead of bridges. You know, they they just don't want to see what they need to see. Obviously, it's not every organisation. There are many companies that are hugely successful because they're open to doing business differently. So the more you try to insulate yourself from change and what your customers want and what your workforce wants, the more you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. And there has to be a willingness to be open to change. Can you give me an example of organizations that are leading in real time where they're they're building bridges, as you said? Well, I mean, if I think of some of my own clients and, you know, large or small corporations, I'll just give you one example. There's a, a company here in British Columbia called Western Stevedoring. And, you know, their whole business is around shipping and their most recent CEO, the one that I knew, actually, he just recently retired. And he always has been the type of person that was constantly recalibrating and readjusting. And he was the type of person that the moment you would walk in the door, you would just feel this vibe of positive energy. It was incredible. And You know, he was explaining to me when I was interviewing for him for the book in the middle of the pandemic, just how they were able to pivot and adjust and not build walls and keep building bridges. And because they were open to doing business differently, you know, they weathered the storm more effectively than other companies. When employees are either engaged or disengaged at work, is that a reflection of leadership or is it something else? I just am one of these people that will tend to bring it back to leadership, but I I do (laughs) understand because leadership is so influential. Oh, I agree. You know, and Brandon, I know that there are people that have their own things happening outside of the work that can cause them to be disengaged. I mean, I have to be real. We all have to be realistic. Has it happened to me? Absolutely. And I'm a solopreneur. I've got a team of contractors that I that I work with. But I know that I have to bring my best self to the best of my ability. There are days where sometimes I haven't felt like it. And so if I have an employee that is feeling that way, then, you know, and I recognize that something isn't quite right. And I want to really try to find out what's going on in the and from a place of helping, not from a place of criticizing. So that's why I think leaders play such a critical role of influence, especially right now. Yeah, with challenging times like we're in right now, how do you suggest leaders engage their people? Well, I think it involves a number of different steps, but I think the first is recognizing how they want to do their work. Now, obviously, not every industry is going to be in a position where people can work remotely. For those that are, are you open to that? Can you have a conversation about that? Can you find a way to adjust to that? As long as the results are there, the productivity is there, the output is there, all the goals that you have for that person, for your team, for the organisation, is there room to be flexible? I think that would be one avenue. And you can have a culture that's a remote culture. As I said, even if people are not in the workplace every day, can you find a happy balance with that? I think that's one factor. And for everyone, I think because there's been more demands on our personal lives and balancing our family time, that's another way that if you show that understanding, and many people have been talking about empathy, if you show that understanding, then I think you can have more of a positive impact. You wrote in the book that 
when an organization fails to set up a new hire for success in the early stages of their career, job dissatisfaction and ongoing turnover are likely consequences. And I pulled that out because there's so much change happening right now. There's people are willing to leave jobs, whether it's money or they just don't like the culture or the manager. And I feel like, you know, with a lot of organizations, they're going to be experiencing tons of new onboarding for new hires. How can leaders set people up for success early on? I know you talk about this a lot in the book. Yeah, and thank you. And I do. And I and I think it comes down to a number of key factors. But one is that I call meaning is the new motivation. That is a chapter in and of itself in my book. So how do you set them up for success? How do you do your best to influence them to stay? I think it's recognizing that People have had little hesitation, which has been shocking to many organisations to say, you know what, I'm out of here. You know, and we've all felt it. We've all felt it. There's lineups in restaurants, lineups in various places that we go to do business. So that sense of purpose and how you align that to what your organisation does. And in the HR world, you know, we certainly understand that employee centric factor. We have to ramp that up. Because you, we want to be not only client customer centric, but we want to be employee centric. And that happens when we realize that people want to contribute and see value in what they do. And somehow, no matter what the business is that we're in, we need to try to align those two things. Yeah, I think that's, you touched on something there, which is really challenging for leaders is when there's menial work and seemingly it's like, disconnected from the overall purpose, or I guess employees don't really understand how their menial tasks and projects affect the overall success of the organization. How do leaders make sure that people feel meaning behind their work? Well, I think it starts with the leader setting the example and that leaders themselves need the leadership development to know how to communicate right across their organisation so that someone who is, quote unquote, doing menial work sees the meaning in that work. So let me give you an example. There's a big difference between going up to an individual and saying, you know, here's your job description. You know, we do A, B, C and D. This is what's required. Good luck. And there might be people who lead that way. Whereas the, you know, the opposite is going up to them and saying, let me show you how what you do here contributes to our success every step of the way. And that if we didn't have you here, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. And if you can demonstrate that to people, that how their part that they play has relevance and meaning, then they feel great about making that contribution. They feel better about themselves. And I think that that's something that any leader can do if they know how to do it. I think in challenging times, people often look to their leaders and they're watching and seeing what their behavior is. In your opinion, with this real-time leader concept that you're describing, what kind of behaviors do they model? Oh, well, I've described a number of different traits, consistency, trustworthiness, transparency, open-mindedness, availability, good listener. These are just some of them. Can you say, well, doesn't that apply all the time? It sure does. But if you think about being present moment based and being really tuned in. If you are leading in real time and you understand what your most important priorities are in the moment and you're applying all of those characteristics, again, then you're going to 
have more success as a leader, in my view. And there are organisations that are in the for-profit and non-profit world that, quite frankly, I worry about whether or not they're going to still be here in, in 10 years or five years' time because they're not doing those things. They're just not doing it. And I know who some of them are. Some of them are my clients. On that note, you wrote in the book that we look to our leaders as positive examples and become profoundly disappointed. (laughs) Sounds like you think the bar is set pretty low with most leaders. Well, I don't want to imply that it's, again, it's not everyone, but it is true. And we've heard it now for a while that why do people leave and what role does the leader play in that decision? So I I do think that, you know, with the excuses that, that I've heard are that people just don't have time. And, you know, I want people to revisit that idea. I don't have time for people. I've got too many pressing issues. But how do you find the way to make the time to make sure that people and connecting are at the top of your list? And I think one of the other factors that's missing and why people don't always understand where I'm coming from is you really do need to build relationships in everything you do. And that's why I say it's still all about people. There's a word I talk about often and it's credibility. You know, we all need to build our credibility quotient, not just our emotional quotient, but if people see you as someone who is genuine and trustworthy and honourable, it's got nothing to do with your title. If you can build that credibility by showing that you have the time and make the time, then I think it can pay you big dividends down the road and for that person that you're leading as well. It's so interesting that you say that the excuse is time. I mean, we make that excuse about everything, but when when you're a leader and you lead people, that seems like a just a priority mix-up for most leaders. If they're not spending time with their people, that's that's crazy to me. Yeah, and then, you know, there's the challenge that people say, well, they're, they're remote. Now what am I supposed to do? Well, then we need to find the balance between not micromanaging them And then you don't have a micromanagement issue. You've got a trust issue. You've got a credibility issue. You know, why is it that you need to check on people? People do want to hear from you. I think it's about asking people, how much do you need to hear from me? Because everybody's different. So we can't lead everybody exactly the same way. We have to understand what their skill sets are, what their needs are, what, you know, what they've got on their plates and lead accordingly and adjust accordingly. How do real-time leaders nurture and reward the talent pool during tough times like we're in now? Well, that's a great question. And I think one approach is giving people that flexibility, really valuing them because they're so precious. They're a precious commodity. And if you really mean what you say and you say what you mean and you want to keep them for as long as you're able to, understanding, and I think this is another aspect that many leaders get, some do not. You may not have them for three years. You may not have them for two years. You might have them for five years. I mean, you know, all of those things are are possible, but are definitely different to what they were in the future. I mean, in the past, I should say, that didn't make sense. In the past, my mind is going faster than my mouth. So I think that it's really about that huge value and appreciation that you can show in small ways to make people realise hey, if I go and I think the grass is greener on the other side, maybe I'm going to be really disappointed. Since you're talking to a lot of leaders right now, they're listening to this podcast and they're thinking, okay, how do I become 
this real-time leader that you're describing, what, what kind of steps does a, a leader take to make sure that they're staying out in front of this and adapting to the future and meeting the needs of their people? Well, it's twofold. It's about leading yourself, being ready to be open to learning, and that means doing the work understanding more about what's happening in the world of business, studying, researching, reading, you know, taking courses, doing what you need to do to stay ahead, as you mentioned. And the other is recognising, as we've been talking about, that great real-time leaders are prioritising their time with their people because they know that that's the most valuable resource that they have. And they're unapologetic about it and it is taking a lot of time. It does take a lot of energy but it is, in my view, the most important thing you can do right now. And have conversations with them, learn from them, understand what's important to them, educate yourself at the same time, because that's how we continue to grow. The famous poet Anonymous once said, many an open mind should be closed for repairs. (laughs) (laughs) How does a a real-time leader spend their time? Because you're suggesting, you know, spend time with your people, learn and and lead yourself first. Like, how do they structure the day? Because I know so many leaders out there that are firefighting all day long. They're they're taking the latest urgent uh, needs, whether it's a client thing or uh, something's broken or somebody's unhappy. Like, they're just they're fighting the fires that are happening to them throughout their day, and they're, they're not really structuring their day in a way that's going to be productive. The way you're describing, how do you suggest that they? They plan accordingly. Well, I'm really glad you asked me that because I think it's understandable that there could be confusion around real-time leadership and crisis management. And so there is a very big difference when you're leading in a crisis because when you're leading in a crisis, everything's out of your control. We could not have predicted what happened last March, you know, in 2020. So the difference is that, and again, it sounds very simplistic, but I think it's a really important distinction. Again, crisis outside of our control, real-time leadership in our control. The difference is about focusing on what's within your control. And can you create a culture? Yes. Can you create time to have time for people? Yes. Can you make time to have conversation and look at the big picture of where your business is going? Yes. So, Instead of having an eye on the competition, of course, we've always needed to do that. But the more we focus on what is within our control, in my view, and being the best at what we do as people and as an organisation, that to my mind is a lot different to trying to put out fires every minute. Well said, Michelle. I so appreciate you coming on the show. Where can people learn more about you, what you're up to, anything about the book or anything you want to point people to? Thank you so much, Brandon. I am reachable at michelleray.com, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-R-A-Y. My Aussie accent's still firmly there (laughs) after 26 years living in, in Vancouver. So that's the best place to connect with me. I do speaking, I do in-house workshops, leadership coaching, online workshops, planning a, a big one for January on a great leadership reset. And people want to find out more about that, please send me an email. Um, all the details are on my contact page on my website, as well as details about my book on my website as well. 
My guest today has been Michelle Ray. She's the author of Leading in Real Time, How to Drive Success in a Radically Changing World. Michelle, it has been a pleasure. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, Brandon. It's been fantastic.